Many adults spend so much time preparing kids for adulthood in ways that society has predetermined as the necessary or right way. Yet we don't realize that this comes at the expense of their childhood. And many of us have even lost touch of what childhood is all about. In this episode, we talk about the clash we often see between what many adults seem to want for their kids and the societal pressure and fear of the future that disconnects us and our kids from the essence of childhood. Let's do this. We are going, we're going to talk today about, I think it's a really juicy topic for us because we kind of run into it a lot. And I think we call it something like the essence of childhood or something like that. What do you say? Yeah. Say, say more. Okay. (laughs) So Yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I, I really, I really like the topic because, because I think that most of the time in the world, kids aren't allowed to be kids and kids don't have the right to their childhood. I think it is a human right. I think that kids are supposed to have the right to a childhood, but I mean, we have so many different situations on this planet where kids don't have it and many kids go to school. And that is also something that kind of stifles childhood in my point of view. But what I am referring to is that I think that we've both met a lot of parents that really want to advocate for their kids' freedom and for their kids' right to have a real childhood and to be kids fully and then collide with a lot of grown-up expectations on what that could look like or should look like. Or like, I think it gets messy for for many parents. I'm one of them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of them for sure. I mean, I think that in order to truly advocate for and support a young person's childhood, we need to have as adults, like we need to have an understanding of what childhood is, what it means, what it feels like, what it looks like. And if you haven't grown up with, like, if you didn't have a childhood, like I, I grew up super quick. Like Mm. I was at the age of 13. I didn't, I didn't really have like a tradition. Like, I think I have like very few memories of like playing in the streets, you know, New York city as a kid and coming home dirty and stuff like that. And, you know, having my jeans torn and all of that, like really fun kid stuff, but I can, I can count on one hand, like those memories. And And I think that for me, like, especially when I first started facilitating and then becoming a mom and even today, like play and, you know, understanding what childhood is, understanding what it feels like, like getting into that kind of like rolling in that feeling with Sai has been hard for me. It's been hard work because I didn't really have that growing up. And so I get it. I I get it. You know, another example is like when Sai was really young, when you talked about expectations, it's like that idea of like all the milestones, you know, like very early on in my journey, even though I was, I was really practicing RIE resources and infant for infant educators, which is like, you know, it comes from Magda Gerber's kind of thought around like just leaving kids to be and not interfering, which was like kind of my first, my 
first experience with kind of self-directed anything. And I remember I was like, oh my gosh, like literally they, they suggest like, you don't even pick your kids up. Like you just let them like roll around. You let them move around freely. And there I was like trying to sit side up, you know, and it was like, (laughs) like, you know, like holding his little hands, pulling him up, sitting him up. And I was, I was learning that I was totally interfering in his process. Hmm. So like my understanding of what even an infant's development should quote unquote should be was so influenced by these expectations that I didn't even know that I had. Wow. This is, this is super informative. I didn't even know this about you. This is so interesting because for me, it was very different. I had a mom who thought that what was the point in having kids if you wouldn't spend time with them? So she went against the the flow in Sweden, which was then in the early 70s about sending your kids to childcare and, you know, be a liberated woman and work. And she did work from home. But she was very, you know, she didn't want to wake us up when we were kids because she wanted us to sleep and wake up naturally. So it didn't make sense for her to send us to any kind of childcare. I think I started the year that I was turning five. So I was still four, but then it was like half time. And it was, it was like in the middle of the day, it wasn't early in the morning. And she was very allowing when it came to play, like we could jump in the beds as much as we wanted. We could take all the blankets and make like little houses and, you know, like little hidey holes. We could take stuff out in the garden, like we we were free to do so much when we were kids and my my childhood was full, full of just roaming around in the woods my mom didn't even know where i was i was climbing trees i was putting myself into situations that i didn't really know how to get out of and i did i always figured it out because i didn't have an option but i was very free i was extremely free and so i think i get like very I I get a bit sometimes frustrated when I see that parents want to want to hold their kids back. But I also get very curious when I see that there is a lot of like we need to do these things in order to ensure that the kids develop into their full potential as adults. So, for instance, in Mexico, it's super common with something they call estimulación temprana, like early stimulation, where supposedly you're supposed to like you're you know you you have your little baby do these different movements and things and that is gonna you know make something happen in their system so that they will be like these superhumans which I don't think is true because I think that it's really interfering in the kids processes and then I mean I do see a lot of parents that have a lot of um I, I I guess their fears, worries, concerns, and also expectations around when kids are supposed to develop certain skills and maybe the fear that if they don't do it at a specific age, they're never going to be able to master those skills. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in there. I'm hearing 
the expectation, the societal expectation that your kids should be X, Y, Z, right. In a certain, in a given period of time. So it's like the focus isn't on, isn't on like ease and fun and natural development. It's on outcome, right. It's on like, who is this, who, you know, ensuring that this human can be the, the best version of themselves that is going to be accepted by society. Right. And then I'm also hearing that that just this this idea of of what what childhood is, right? And then I'd love to I'd love I'd love to jump into that more because mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's where it feel that's where I get all the feels. <laughs> because when you actually just observe kids in their natural element, when they're not influenced by adults, right? When they're just kind of doing their thing there is something so magical that happens that unfolds when kids are just able to be when they're not under the expectations, when they're not under pressure to perform and they're all geniuses. (laughs) They're all figuring out problems. They're all learning. They're all like communicating. Like it's, it's really beautiful to, to watch and, and like, I'll just put it this way whenever I see a kid skipping around, like just freely, like sometimes like Sai will, will be like in the market and all of a sudden I'll just see him skipping. And I'm like, yes, that's what it is. Like, that's the essence of childhood for me. And when do we lose that? Like, when do we stop skipping? When do we, and why, you know, wouldn't it be cool? Like, I wonder how the world would be if all adults would just have that energy in them more, you know, like that. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it, it could be skipping or for instance, like balancing on, on something. Like I, I remember, I remember this about myself when I, just the day that I turned 30, I was out on a walk and I was waiting for a friend and there was this, this place I mean, I was, I was a little bit bored, but there was this edge that I could balance on. So I could like kind of walk back and forth, just like trying out my balance. And I was having such a great time, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. but I realized that most adults don't do that. And there, but there's something there, like what you're talking about, like this exploration where you can just move your body the way you feel like it without concerns of what anyone is going to think about you or, or like explore so fully that you kind of lose track of time and space because you're so immersed in, in an experience. Yeah. And I find it funny that it's like, we start there we get tied up in the expectations of society. We're pulled away from that. And then kind of all adults really want is to get back there, but we don't know how. And then we can't support our kids to do it if we don't know how, you know, so it's this weird cycle. And I, and I, I think that again, the fear piece is real. Like that, what I was hearing in you, it makes me think of, I just recently well, not recently, like a year ago, hurt my knee. And I was noticing how, when I like go down to the ocean or I'm somewhere I'm hiking or something like that, that I'm cautious, right? Like I'm, I'm always like, I don't want to hop around like I used to. And, and there are effects of that on my body, right? Like not being as, as mobile as I used to be. And for me, this is kind of an example of what we're talking about. It's like, okay, I had this injury and I'm afraid, I'm afraid of it, of, of, 
you know, what I had experienced there, right? I don't want to go back there and I want to take care of my body, but it's like stopping me from jumping. It's stopping me from exploring. It's stopping me from, from taking risks. And, and I think that there's something really interesting to observe kids that, I mean, Sai is just jumping around and jumping off the, the, you know, the waterfall, like into the waterfall and, you know, off these rocks. And I'm like, I wonder if like, like why we take life so seriously (laughs) that in these moments that an injury would cause us to, to stop so much where we miss out on certain opportunities. Cause I know that that's happening for me. Yeah. That's happening for me too. When I broke my foot walking on the beach, I I've had to, it it has taken me time. I think it's eight years ago now. Now I can, now I can balance again on the rocks, but it's like, I do have that, that physical memory of, of breaking my foot and it's, it's there. It's like, I, I, I'm, I'm pushing it a little bit, but it's there. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm thinking again, like I'm coming back to, because it's like one thing, like how we evolve as, as parents or like adults and how we lose, we lose that capacity to, to connect to ourselves and to do risky things or fun things. It's like, we get so serious, but then we start projecting that seriousness onto our kids, which is. I don't know. It it makes me sad because I hear so often we need to prepare the kids to grow up. We need to prepare them to become responsible adults. And I'm like, do we? Like, really? Is that the job? Uh, isn't the job to protect their childhood and let them have the most amazing experience growing up with their agency intact? Why? Why are we prepping them for for adulthood? I'm 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 I don't know. Yeah. So where I was going with that thought about you know when we're injured, let's say, or we have like maybe it's not an injury based on our life experience, we kind of we project our fears onto our kids, right? And I think that that's what also robs our kids of their of of access to their childhood, right? When we're projecting our fears and our expectations on them. And I think that that is like, for me, that is, that's the, my personal key, you know, like where I've heard people say to Sai, like, be careful, be careful, you know? And I'm kind of like, don't tell him that, like, let him figure out his boundaries. Of course, if he's like running into the street, you know, or I've shared here on this podcast before, like there was one time we were, you know, at a cenote and he wanted to jump, but it was like, I don't know how many feet high. And I was like, that is not going to happen because you don't have the information that I have about this. So I can't let you do that. So it's not like an absence of, it's not, it's not like neglect or abandonment, right? Just like literally let your kids do whatever they want if it's putting their life at risk. But I think like this need of ours to step in most of the time comes from our own experience. Mm. And I think that what happens, what's happened for me in those moments is that I am not seeing my kid or other kids as their own people. Like, you know, it's like somehow their childhood is, is like, is mine to dictate. 
You know what I mean? We become kind of like one person where it's like, no, 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 no. They have their own childhood. They have their own experience. It's important for them to have their own experiences with me, of course, on the sidelines, ensuring that they're safe, but also like, like just learning from their, from their own desires, from their own, their own interests, their own passions, their own curiosities, like without us having to interfere. And the thing that I see a lot is that we take over and we, and I don't know if it's from a lack of not having, you know, our own childhood and and not recognizing that if it's fear that is, is getting in the way, but there is something in that moment where we are not acknowledging their own personhood, like they're, that they are their own individual. Yeah. And where we're also so much more governed by thoughts on the future instead of being here and now. Yeah. It's like always this thing, like they have to perform, they have to reach these expectations, they have to, you know, develop these skills. And everything has to do with something that is not present here and now. Right. And this goes back to what I was saying. I think that that fear of the future is also a projection of ourselves, like the way we think about ourselves. Yeah. So, I mean, literally before we got on this call, I was like, I am practicing not giving a shit about what other people think <laughs> because the minute I care too much about what other people think is the minute that I start telling my kid what to do or that I start controlling him or that I start, you know, like not recognizing that he is his own person. And I think that I've, in my experience, like when I'm pulling little baby sigh up, you know, as I'm beginning to learn all the things he was so little, like, and I'm, you know, after, Afterwards, I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Oh, okay. Because all the other kids are sitting up and all the other parents' kids are, you know, and it's like, we begin to compare ourselves to others. And at the root of that is just a whole lot of like a lack of self-esteem and confidence, you know? So it's like my shit, my lack of confidence, my need for, you know, for approval, my need to be patted on the back and make sure that people think I'm a good mom trickles down into me literally stepping into, and not in a fun way, but stepping into the boundaries of my kid's childhood. Yeah, exactly. Which is so fascinating. I mean, when we can look at it, we can obviously change it. We can stop it and, and just be like honest with ourselves And I think that probably most parents don't do that. And I, you know, we can't, we're not here to change everyone. You know, it's like, this comes from our reflections, our lived experiences, and the, I guess, convictions and opinions that we have developed through our experiences and also through accompanying and watching so many kids and parents in their processes. And I, I just wish, I just wish that we could all consider childhood sacred. Kids are kids and they should have the right to be kids. And it looks different for every child. And we're so like, we're so much into that comparative state where like, if you have a kid that is more of an introvert and wants to be inside and read, then we're worried that they're not getting enough exercise. And if you have 
a more like physical kid, then we're afraid because they're taking too many risks and they're not reading enough. And it's like always comparing and it's never good enough. And I wish we could just let them be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I guess what I'm saying is like letting them be requires us looking at and understanding and navigating our fears. Yeah. It means us you know, stepping away from the adult gaze of what other people are thinking about us. It means really honoring the individuality of our kids and that they're their own people. You know, I think also it means that we tap into our own like essence of childhood, you know, like something that's been super helpful for me, because again, like I said, real deal, like play and you know the the essence of childhood has not come easy to me because I was a little adult from very early on so it's mm-hmm. like play and was you know all of that was like really foreign to me and I've had to make really really intentional efforts to learn how to embrace play to learn how to like step away from that comparison to, you know, that's why whenever we have free time, you know, I'm always like, I'm doing a class or I'm like jumping on a zoom for this thing. Or I'm like, you know, because that's my way of play. That's my way Mm. of like tapping into the essence of, of childhood for me, you know, is to learn like that, that, that feeling of like discovery of learning something new of like expanding, you know, we use this this kind of image a lot, like expanding our edges, like that to me is, is, is really equivalent to the essence of childhood. Like the essence of, I have no idea what's on the other side, but I'm going to, you know, dip my toe in, or I'm going to jump off and see, you know, that essence of like risk-taking and not getting so fixated on like the outcome, but really enjoying the process. Like as an adult, that's how that that's how I can relate to childhood. And then when I'm with Sai or other young people, that's the energy that I can bring into the space and that I can offer as well. Like I don't want to be that serious adult all the time, you know. <laughs> like sometimes it's necessary, you know. Uh, sure. When I mean he, yeah, wants to jump in cliff, but <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we need to we need to take on that other role, but just to be able to observe our kids and take a couple of steps back, I would say a couple more, better, more than less. And, and just check, you know, what is happening, what they're doing, like, and see what pops up in our minds. Is it a lot of judgments? Is it a lot of criticism? Who is that criticism about? Is it about the kid or is it about us? Are there fears involved? What are those fears? Like, to, to check them out, really, because if we don't do that, we are going to interfere with our kids' childhood, mm-hmm. and it will never come back. Never. They will be adults for the rest of their lives, but they will never be kids again. And yeah. I'm just, like, feeling like putting up this big stop sign, like, don't touch the kids. You know, it's like they have to have that time. And what's the rush about? Why is is there this constant sense of urgency of having to achieve this or that? Like, I I get really sad when I think about it. And I think, really, if we could, instead of trying to control our own kids, spend some more time 
with ourselves and tapping into that fun discovery that you're talking about and just be like, can we be free? Can we be our authentic selves and enjoy instead of being so focused on performing? It, it feels like almost performing and enjoy enjoyment. What is that? Like they kind of clash, you know, it's like, yeah, can you just enjoy and just have fun? You know, I, I want to shout out a great organization that is doing really awesome work, Playground NYC. It's a junk playground. Have you ever been to a junk playground? I have seen them, but I've never been to one. They look so much fun. I wanted to have one in Puerto, but then I was like scorpion, snakes, tarantulas. I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a totally different deal, but (laughs) but I think. So, so it's basically for those that don't know, it's just this open space and there's junk, like quote unquote junk, things that people would call junk, you know, like tires and pieces of wood. And, you know, then they have a little tools tool area where they have, you know, play workers there that are, you know, that they have hammers and nails and things in case kids want to build stuff, but there are no adults allowed. So it's literally like, kids only except for play workers they call them or play companions i love that and and i I was like peeking in of course because i'm like what are these kids doing and you just see when kids are in their element you know that like what they create like that that to me is like when i think of the essence of childhood i the feeling i get is just bubbly and creative and And when we come in and with our fears or with our lack of connection to our own childhood, want to like say, no, 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 don't do this or get off of that, or you're going to fall or you're this, or, you know, we're just squashing that creativity, but then we want kids to turn it back on at a later time in their life when they're taking exams or they have to, you know, get a job or they need to bring in money or then it's like, well, you need to now turn, turn on your creativity and figure it out. (laughs) But I think, I think this also really comes down to trust for me, like trusting, Mm -hmm. trusting kids more and, and that by trusting them, we're honoring that space for them to just flourish in their childhood. Trusting them and their evolutionary process. Like when they can be kids fully and do all the things kids do, they do develop everything they need when they become adults one day, you know. But I guess that many people don't see that. They think that that development or that evolution has to happen in a very rigid way schoolish kind of way for it to actually work, which is, it's just, it's just not true. It's the other way around. The more freedom they have, the more creativity and problem solving they're going to develop, the more skills they're going to develop too, the more in tune with themselves and their own needs and their own intuition they will be. And yeah, again, it's like, I get, I get this image of like, you know, you, you put a lot of seeds in the ground and if you let them grow freely, they'll just be free plants. Yeah. I will say that we live in a world where there are, you know, like there are people and there are situations and there are environments that are ready to come and chop down those, those plants, you know, like it's, it's, 
the world is also looks really different than when I was a kid, when you were a kid, you know, it's, and so I think that I'm not here to say that the fears that keep us from really supporting kids to be kids aren't real. Like, I think they are. And I think based on, and everyone's different lived experience, like there's, there, there are real fears and there are real things that people are, are navigating in, in this world. Right. And so I think the thing is, I see that as adults, we have a responsibility to, to kind of hold a lot of different things at the same time and a lot of different truths. Mm. So because it's, the world looks like what it looks like, and there are fears that are real, doesn't mean that kids can't have a childhood means like maybe it looks different, you know, maybe honoring their childhood looks different than when we were kids, you know, like I remember there was, I was growing up in New York city. There was like this, this commercial that was like, it's 10 PM. Do you know where your kids are? You know? <laughs> and, and I mean, I grew up in New York city in a time where it was like, yeah, it was kind of dangerous in different ways, but, but I always wondered like, okay, is that message? Like, is that message? Does that message imply that like, yay for kids because they're out on the streets playing till 10 or is that message like, yikes, we're starting to want to control kids. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, this is like a. T- I'm going on a tangent here, but the 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 thing is, I think that it's really our responsibility as adults to understand where we stand in all of this, like what our position is in terms of what is our idea of childhood, what are the fears that we have about our kids actually being kids. What is our lived experience? Like, these are things that we actually need to take time to think about. Yeah. And also what society's expectations are, because I think that we're very, very influenced by them too. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, every childhood is different and all contexts and circumstances are different. I mean, you grew up in a big city. I grew up in the forest, (laughs) basically. So it's different, of course. And at the same time, like, yeah, how can we, how can we protect and make sure that kids get that childhood, whatever way it looks like for them, you know, depending on their personality, depending on their interests, their talents, depending on the circumstances they grow up, like, yeah, we all want to protect our kids. But is it something that is happening now? Is it a fear now, like Sai wanting to jump this crazy cliff right now? Or is it a fear that we project into the future that has nothing to do with kids' actual context or experience or whatever, lives, you know? And I think that that's where it many times gets really sticky because I think that parents tend to believe that those projected fears into the future are so much more real than they actually are. And if right. we're going to let, if we're going to let those fears influence how we deal with our kids' childhoods, I don't think our kids are going to be very happy, not as happy as they could be. Yay. 
Yeah, and the other piece that I would add to this is is communication, right? And and going back to what I was saying, it's our responsibility to hold all these pieces. It also is really important that we understand what what our fears are and what we're navigating and like what our, you know, what the reality is on the street we live in and whatever it is and communicate that to our kids. You know what I mean? Like it it I think that if if we are noticing that we're starting to lean towards more, you know, societal pressures that is influencing how we are relating to young people and to our kids and their childhood, then also like maybe stepping back and being like, oh my gosh, yeah, I I don't want you to go out right now because I have X, Y, Z fears. Like, what do you think about that? You know, but why are you wanting to go out or why are you wanting to do this thing? Okay, can we, like what you said, it could look very differently. Like maybe that need is getting met somewhere else. And so- I think communication has so much to do with it and understanding our position, understanding our experience and understanding that our kids are their own individuals and creating space for us to have these conversations. It's funny because we went the other day to like this other waterfall and Sai for the first time talked about that big jump that he wanted to take in the cenote Mm. and oh my gosh, like if this one hurt my feet when I jumped in, imagine what would have happened if I jumped in the other one, you know, and he was able to connect the dots, whereas before he, w- he wouldn't have. Yeah. But it also came from a lot of conversations around me saying like, Sai, I'm, I'm sorry that I had to say no. You know, why was that important for you? What did you want to, you know, like having conversations about the things, not just like pushing it to the side because all of it is important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes I think we need to just shut up. Sometimes, (laughs) you know, like that, you know, like sometimes we want to have conversations, we want to talk about things. But Mm -hmm. honestly, it's because we're really wanting to control and manipulate our kids. Mm -hmm. And then I think, you know, recognize that be be honest with yourself you know and be like oh i'm actually wanting to talk my kids out of doing this this thing or having this experience and sit with that and be like okay like mm. and yeah it's it's uncomfortable it's icky and that's okay <laughs> better yeah. better us dealing with that than than projecting it onto our kids yeah yeah, we got, I mean, I feel like this is the the podcast of like, take care of your own shit, <laughs> you know, like be responsible for your own, your own shit and let kids be kids. Yeah. Um, it's such a precious moment. And I, I know that I, you know, like I don't have the power to create happy childhoods for like all of the kids in this world and knowing that most of them don't have real childhoods, I think it's like, or what I would call like happy, happy, happy childhood. I'm like, if, if we're so privileged and we actually have the power and capacity to offer that kind of freedom to our kids to explore and follow their intuition and follow what they want to do, create their own path through their childhood. I just think we should let them do just that. Mm. I think that's it. There's nothing more to say. (laughs) (laughs) So good luck. (laughs) No, I mean, it's, yeah, we should, we should let them and we should, if, if it's hard for us, figure out why, 
yeah, figure out why and, mm-hmm. and find other ways to, to navigate the things that are challenging for us because it, it's hard. It's like, you can't, circumstances are circumstances too. And it's also not as easy as just let them sometimes. Mm-hmm. I want to acknowledge that as well. But I think that part of the essence of childhood is creativity. So if we are using adult mindsets to kind of solve that, solve the issue of not supporting our kids to be kids, you know, then maybe we need to actually collaborate with them and bring their creativity into the decision-making process or navigating the, the struggles process. Yeah. Uh, and their, their curiosity and their willingness to explore. Cause sometimes I feel that that's what we don't have as adults. Yeah. So basically and, yeah. we need to be kids. We need to like try to tap into our own childhood. Yeah, I like that. And if, yeah. And if it wasn't that great, then maybe it's an opportunity to, to, to like reconfigure that now. Yeah. And heal it. Mm-hmm. And also maybe live it through our kids, like let our kids have that, that childhood that maybe we didn't have so that we can rejoice in watching them live that experience. Ooh, that feels good. <laughs> <laughs> that we have two in-person de-schooling intensives in 2024? Come join us for the shift in Ohio, California in February or Charlotte, North Carolina in April. During seven days, we co-create a conscious culture together, practice tools of connection and develop new ways to think about, treat and relate to kids and other adults. What's de-schooling have to do with it, you may ask? Well, it's about the process of change that comes from walking away from systems that are limiting, harmful, and disempowering for ourselves, our kids, and others. Join us in California or North Carolina, and while you're de-schooling your butt off, your kids can enjoy an awesome kids camp at an agile learning center nearby. We offer Global North, Global South scholarship and payment plan options. Check us out on Instagram, radical underscore learning, or on our website at radical-learning.org for more information.